Welcome to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. The Roosters take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs in a big clash on Friday night at Allianz Stadium, but the Roosters seem to have hiked their prices up to $90 for what they call a Tier 1 adult ticket, a Tier 1 game. Is this a fair thing to do? Plus, in the cricket, the final test has ended in a draw against India as attention will soon turn to the World Test Championship and the Ashes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy right here on SEN, 11.70am in Sydney, right across the SEN network. If you're listening on the SEN app, it is great to have your company. And if you had the SEN app yesterday, you, you well, I don't know, what would you have done? The cricket, what a contrast. Uh, it fizzled out there in India. We're almost saying now the curators did that deliberately because that saved a two-all result, even though they'd already retained the trophy, but it, it saved a two-all result. Let's have a boring draw. Not the case across the ditch. One of the more thrilling test matches of all time. It went down to the last ball, and New Zealand got a victory over Sri Lanka. So there's a, a contrast to start the show. Lots of rugby league news happening. You heard Vanessa there just plug the basketball tomorrow night. SEN will have live coverage. Jimmy Smith, the head caller, Tom Gallup along. Uh, to call the deciding match in the championship series and tickets available through Ticketek. So there's there's a lot happening. Greg Alexander is with me. Um, today on the show, as I welcome you, Brandy, we will be joined by St. George Illawarra Dragons forward Blake Laurie, who on the weekend scored his second career try. He scored his first in the his 91st match last year, so he's now got two. He's a try-scoring machine. I want to throw you back, Brandy. Um, Blake, obviously, will talk us through both his career tries. Can you remember, mm. I'm starting way out there, the first try of your career. When was it? What year? Who'd you play? I can Google it if you like, but can you take us back? Can you do a bit of reminiscing to start the show today? Vossi, get on the get on the Google. Yeah, get on the Google. <laughs> get on the Google. Google. I, I right. can't remember my first try. No. Um, it would have been 1984, obviously. That was the year I started. Um, yep. my entry into first grade was, um, a little bit different. Uh, I should have made my debut the week before, but, uh, I left Penrith Park after the reserve grade game. No one said to me, oh. uh, Greg, we need you to sit on the sideline. And apparently the call came down from Tim Sheens. Uh, where's Greg Alexander? I was at home. I'd gone home. <laughs> uh, uh, I went home. Yeah, so he was looking to put me on in that in the first game. I'd played uh, my first um, grade game was I played in the centres in reserve grade um, at Penrith Park, and uh, yeah, missed missed the missed the chance oh. to make my debut that day. Brandy, something incredible. You have something in common with Blake Laurie. Do you want to know what that is? is? That I've just right? googled. I've, I'm 112 both kilos. No, you both scored. You're not. You're not a former Dapto Canary. <laughs> You both scored your first career tries against Canterbury. So I'm taking you back. We're, we're almost going to celebrate. We might have a celebration day, April 22. So we're only a bit over a month away. April 22, 1984, Greg Alexander scores his first try as Penrith get beaten by Canterbury 20 points to eight. That was the first of your career tries in game number five. So that was your fifth game. And as I said, Blake took 91. Poor old Alex Twal. Uh, Alex Twal is now sitting on 104 games, no try. So mm. Not happening, is it? He, he came so close, Vossy, on the weekend. Yeah. Got into the in goal area, swung around, looked like the ball was going to come down, and just lost control. Um, Blake, so you Lyra, have no character. memory of that try at all, Brandy? Do you have uh, any? Now that I've said Canterbury round five, mm. nine, and eighty-four, do you have any memory of that? Can you? Throw well, your if, mind it, if back it's there? if 
I do remember scoring a try early, and I was I was standing at five eight from the scrum, and Terry Lamb was standing opposite me, yep. and uh, true. I think in. I ran. I scored in the corner. Yes, I do remember that try now. If that was my first try, but yes, um, well, it is Canterbury. There we go. And it is that, Terry Lamb's and the it was opposite off a scrum. Five, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was Did off you scrum. know that in the Canterbury side you played that day? Phil Gould was in the second row. Well, no, no, played uh, prop in fact. Uh, yeah, no, second row. He was in the second row. Gus was in the second no, row. No, I, I, I don't remember playing Gus with the Bulldogs. I remember playing Gus when he was playing at South Sydney in 86 mm. yep. because I, uh, I, Gus intercepted one of my passes. Um, <laughs> he he was very intercepted clever. one of your Gus passes. Very, wow. He did. <laughs> and Gus intercepted one of my passes. Oh, um, and wow. it took me... It, it, yeah, it took me about five five yards to catch up to Gus after he caught the ball and took off Did upfield. It. You got yeah. him. You got him. Well, there you go. Okay. A little bit of reminiscing. So, Blake Laurie, we will talk tries today. We'll go through his two career tries. Good fella. Uh, Dragons, terrific start to the season uh, Sunday night, coming off the bye. So have, you, have you had a sit-down with Blake Laurie? One of only four Laurie? teams unbeaten. Only mm. Have you, have you had a sit-down with Blake Laurie? Like, the, the fan? Because he, he is a character. Yeah, we've done snippets. He's been very good yeah, on okay. Fletch and Hindy. Very good on Fletch and Hindy. Yeah, so it's Fletch and Hindy. He's a funny man. So he'll be coming on the program later. Now, Lee Hedgie Pentelis is coming on the show today, Principal of Brighton's Lawyers and Chair of the West Tigers. Obviously, there's a few things to talk about there. Michael Carianis, Michelle Bishop, uh, Nick Ashman from Sportsbet will be on the program. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls on the... Uh, what, what's the name of that moto... The, what, say, what's that? Can you play it? Hello, there, Moto. Thank you. Just refresh my memory. Yes, the Motorola open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 And you can check out the latest smartphones from Motorola at motorola.com.au. And uh, we have the Edgewater Homes text line, 0457 736 736. If you're in the market for a new home, um, seriously, check out edgewaterhomes.com.au. They have completed homes now selling in the Catherine Park estate. Certainly uh, worth a look. I, I reckon we're going to get reaction on this today, um, uh, Brandy. Roosters, Rabbitohs. Now, we love Friday. being the conduit. We, we love being the conduit for a little bit argy-bargy between Souths and Roosters fans. We've facilitated that previously. So let's just report it, the facts as they're coming through. Rabbitohs fans have accused the Roosters of price gouging by charging nearly double the amount for a ticket in the South Sydney Supporters Bay for Friday night's clash at Allianz Stadium. $90 per adult is being charged, despite the same seats for other games this season only costing $50. Roosters CEO Joe Kelly has defended the price, saying it's a, quote, tier one game, unquote. What's your read there, Brandy? Oh, I, I know, I know we, charge, we, we, we tend to charge a lot of money come finals time, but for a regular club game, I know, I know this is a big game, but it is a, it's a marquee game. That's, that's without doubt. And the Roosters' ri- Bunnies rivalry is, um, you know, at the moment might be the best in the game. But still, to, to hit fans $90 for a seat. 80% um, more than what they previously pay. Same seats. Yeah. So, well, so, did, so if did, were talk- you aware of tier one games? Did you, I, I've got to say, no, I, I, did, I was no. not aware there was any difference. Well, 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 I thought, well, I know finals for you. Well, you know, finals footies. Finals oh, of course, footies finals, but that's, that's run yeah, by but, the NRL. That's run yeah. by the NRL. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I didn't know there was, is there any other clubs that, that charge extra when they play a certain team? 
I don't know. What, what about the the Broncos Cowboys? The Queensland Derby last week did did Suncorp Stadium charge extra tickets because Surely. that was a was that a tier one game? I doubt that. I, I, I would have said yes. Do other clubs do this? Do other clubs have know. tier one I've, games? I've got no I, idea. I have never. Fans speak to us this morning. You are the ones that go along to the game, Brandy and I. We are, and we always say, we're in the privileged position of we get a media pass that gets us into games. Yes, I go to games from time to time, but don't get much chance these days because we are working every day. Um, I've just called three games. You work across three and four games a weekend, so we don't get much time to go and just watch socially and pay our way in. I always, I don't use my media pass if I'm not working. I, I will no. pay my way in, but mm-hmm. don't get much opportunity. So fans listening right now, tell us and, and tell other fans, is this what you get? Because I don't think it's fair, Cop. I, I don't think, and I've now experienced overseas, where you pay an awful lot, and we shouldn't complain based on prices to go to see an EPL game. I mean, they wouldn't be complaining about the equivalent of $90 over there. But the cheapest tickets we can find on Ticketek for the Roosters South game Friday night is $45 for adults behind the goalposts. So $45 is your start point. Um, yep. but, but if South fans want to sit in that particular bay... The supporter bait's $90. I think that is not right, that they are charging 80% more. A tier one game, I just... No, I don't, I don't think it's a fair go either. No, not, yeah. not, if, not if the price has been jacked up that much. If, it, if it's 50%, a 50% increase uh, because it's the Roosters playing South Sydney and they've, they've just... Yeah. Price gouging, Andrew, price gouging. But, but does that mean the Roosters fans? Lieutenant Dan, uh, host of uh, Tradies News in a Nutshell, uh, sitting here, he's had another good morning, show on between five and six now into its second year. Um, Roosters fans, would, does that mean you're paying? Do you know among your mates, are you paying $90? Are you paying 80% more for your ticket this week? No, I mentioned this earlier on uh, in my show. I think Category 1 for Roosters fans who aren't members is $60. I'm a Roosters member, so I'm not entirely sure. But I think, yeah, Category 1, looking at the ticket website, $60. Yeah, wow. Mm. Okay, Rooster. See, see, Dan, this is this is we're we're starting a war here today. Yeah, this is just going to start a war and, and bring it on. But we also want the facts. We do want the facts because so how many category one games are there where you suddenly, if you're a regular to the football, and all of a sudden you see, oh, that's a bit odd. I'm going to a cat. Well, like, what is a category? One, how many category one games one game. are there for the Roosters? A mm. tier one game. How many are there? Sorry, tier one. How many tier yep. one games are there? For the Roosters. I believe there's two. I believe it's Souths and then Anzac Day. Souths and Anzac Day. There's yep. two. Two, yep. Well, mm. Okay. Well, I, I can see Anzac Day being a tier one game. If if, yeah. if the game gets Souths, it's tier one. Anzac Day's arguably the biggest club ge- game that the Dragons and the Roosters play. Yeah, but... Yeah, In terms of prestige. I still... I'm, it's still I'm a club not, game. It's a whack. It's a massive whack. <laughs> it's almost double. Uh, let's do it. Let's grab your pole. Are they, are they, grab your are pole, be, everyone. Let's charge, have a pole. Are they going to charge the uh, the Dragons the same? Or are they going to be nicer to the Dragons fans and charge a little bit less? Mm. Is this only a South Sydney thing? Charging well, $100, apparently, according to the Telegraph oh, today. $100. Oh, $100. Yep. <laughs> there we go. The Roosters. Uh, look, we will have a poll. Let's, everyone loves a, a, a big poll, and this is a big one. Is it fair that the Sydney Roosters are charging Rabbitohs fans $90 per seat and 80% price hike to sit in their supporters bay at Allianz Stadium this Friday? Yes, fair, no, unfair. We'll put that up on our 
Twitter, Twitter account at Vossi Brandy SEN. You can vote at Vossi Brandy SEN on Twitter, but of course you can have your say uh, right here. James Tedesco, so he's uh, extended his contract until the end of uh, 2025. Uh, Swatli'i there until the end of 2024. Joey Manu signed up, you know, reasonably long term. They're putting together the pieces uh, there, Brandy. The Roosters? Uh, yeah. Well, and they're trying to manage it. There's been a lot of talk over the last few days about Joseph Swali'i and James Tedesco fitting into the same side. I think, you know, it's it's well known that Swali'i wants to play fullback, but I think he's re- he's willing to bide his time while James Tedesco is there. Um, Tedesco only extended for another year, didn't he? He was signed until the end mm. of 24, extended one more year. Is he 33 by the time that deal yeah. finishes? Um We'll just have to wait and see how, you know, what happens could, with James's I form see, over those three years. Yeah, I could see James going overseas and being the marquee player in Super League. I, I you know, do a bit of travelling, that sort of thing. I'm not saying he goes over there not to, you know, be full on. He would. He's, he's too proud of his performances. I mean, well, in your opinion, you're the rugby league expert, Brandy. Is James Tedesco as good as ever right now? Uh, yeah, seen? I think so. You know, what you from, experienced from, in from, Origin last year? Yep. Yep, he is. From what we saw from the World Cup, uh, from what we saw in Origin last year and throughout the season, I don't think his form's dropped. So, and he's yeah, he's thirty now. He's so mm. thirty, thirty-one. So that's on. that's certainly not that's not old these days. He's still got lots of good footy in front of him. I'm just wondering whether you know twenty twenty-five will will do it for him. And if it doesn't, you know what 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 are the what do the Roosters do about Joseph Swali'i? Jacob uh, so Saifidi. they'll just try and they'll just try and massage that over the next few years. Yeah. Massage, beautifully put. Uh, Jacob Saifidi, uh six game ban is what he's looking for after being set off with a high shot on Jake Simpkin. Grade three reckless high tackle charge. Grade three. Vossi, I still haven't seen a, a yeah the actual a point good of contact picture of that where which no. part of his body made contact with Jake Simpkin. I still haven't mm. seen it. Well, the fact that they made didn't a great shot, he must have made. He, well, he must have made contact with it. You must have to slow it right down. He must. Yeah, make but was it, it was it his chest or his shoulder? Like I, anyway, I, so well, it, it was a head. it was a big collision. That's right, and and um, Jake had to leave the field. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Michael Carianis from the Daily Telegraph joined us to give us the latest NRL headlines. <sighs> And now on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, the back page with Michael Carianis. MC. Yes, Brandy, Vossie, how are we, fellas? Going good, mate. Going good. Uh, James Tedesco gets an extra year. What do you you make of it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's a good deal for for the Roosters and um, for for Teddy. What it um, creates, the intrigue, I, I guess, is around Joseph. Suolihi, um, Suolihi's off contract at the end of 2024. That's when Tedesco's current deal w- was going to expire, but he's done a, a further 12 months. So, um, you know, the, the question will be, does, you know, does Suolihi wait and and play and you know, wing for the next couple of years or does rugby become a, a genuine option for him? Yeah. Rugby? Well, did, you, did you just say rugby union an option? Uh, again, is it going to happen with him? I, I think the Roosters won't let that happen, will they? Mm, I, you know, rugby are going to get a scalp at some stage, Bossy. I've, mm. I've got no doubt about that. And 
Um, I think young Tuakula from uh, Manly um, is definitely a, a chance or definitely a, an option for, for Eddie Jones. You know what Eddie Jones is like. He's pretty bullish. He's made it clear that you know he, he wants a target. He wants to create a headline and, and draw a line in the sand. So I think there will be a an NRL player in the next you know twelve to eighteen months. It does affect. So with their with their uh, they they seem very keen to sign an NRL player. Um, and whether mm. that's for for look for perception, um, but what that the, the position that that puts the NRL player in, Michael, is that a, a position of strength and. The ability oh, yeah. to get a lot, a lot more money than he would get mm. in any other circumstance. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I, I point to someone like Cooler because you know, like you know, there's talk around um, Suleihi and, and Cam Murray. Well, that you know, Cam Murray's already going to be one of the highest paid players in the competition, right? So, I don't think the money is going to be hugely different. But if you've got someone like Cooler who's played, you know, thirty first grade games or, or whatever the case may be, he's off contract at the end of. Next year, Manly have already put a, a significant upgrade to him, but you know his salary could jump six hundred thousand. You know what I mean? So that's yes. a huge yeah. that, that's, that's a double, huge double knockback. That, yep. So that's that's where I'm. Uh, that's where my concern will be. Rather than the you know like, you know, like a Will Penasini or call it one of those young rising stars who who could leapfrog you know where the market value is for a centre in the NRL. And who Look, had the, a background the, in rugby as schoolboys. That's right. Exactly. Now, the common denominator here is GPS schools who are yep. so mm. scared, so goddamn scared of rugby league, will not let their kids play rugby league. All these names you're mentioning, Penasini, Cola, Swali'i, went to GPS rugby schools, played rugby. That's Cam why, Murray. which I said, well, Cam Murray, uh, Bailey Simonson's another mm. who played rugby. Yeah. Um, how about you let them play rugby league at GPS schools? Why don't, why don't you do that? Then you'll get better. If, if you're saying your rugby league athlete's the athlete that you want for rugby union, well, let them play rugby league. Let them have the choice of league and union or play both at GPS rugby level. Let me tell you at Newington uh, this year, um, Michael, I, I've heard that of their year 11s, 14 of the 15 of the first 15 are signed with rugby league clubs. <laughs> they, yeah, they play rugby go. league outside of the college. So mm. GPS mm. rugby, let's break down the wall and let let the kids, Ooh, the boys, that's an play old wall. rugby league. Let that's them play an old rugby wall. league. <laughs> very old. It's, it's, like the yeah, it's a wall. very old wall. I don't think you'll be yeah. breaking it down. Be great, but yep. good luck breaking it down. There's there's no doubt that rugby league needs to get involved. Like there needs to be more involvement league in schools. Full stop. Yeah. Andrew, there's so yeah. many so many schools play rugby. Right? My question is, why? Mm. Anyway, uh, yes. the Knights, Thank Teamless Tuesday. Um, Newcastle are going to have trouble naming a side. Yeah, well, they've only got 28 players contracted, and and you know they they've got a growing casualty award. We know Callum Ponga, Jaden Braley won't play. Jacob Saifidi won't play. Tyson Frizzell's long odds. Jack John. Um, is struggling, um, you know, throw in uh, Adam Elliott, who, who won't be back. He's re-aggravated that groin. Kurt Mann hurt his shoulder um, at training last week, so he won't be back. And then you, you got some young guys like Dylan Lucas in, in reserve grade who uh, suffered a hamstring injury. So they've gone to the NRL and said, look, we need some um, dispensations and uh, allowances to play players outside our, our top at 28. So a couple of development players may make the debut for Newcastle, but they're, str- they're struggling at the moment to put 
you know, uh, to name 20 odd players to, to play um, today. So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of squad they do come up with. Uh, now the NRL, we've been talking about this for, for some time, Michael, the uh, NRL are considering a mandatory 11 day stand down for concussion. Yeah, it's, it will happen at some stage. I think it's just a matter of, of how long uh, or how many days um, players will, will have to um, stand down in terms of after they suffer a concussion at the moment. Um, it's, it's impossible under the NRL guidelines to, to play five days after a concussion. So that's why Jaden Braley and, and Callum Pong are automatically ruled out. So if you've got a five-day turnaround, which are pretty rare, but they do happen occasionally in the draw, um, you can't play the following week for, for your club side. So um, at them, you know, a lot of governing bodies have mandatory stand down in the NRL and waited just to give a gauge on exactly what number they think best. It looks like they're going to land at somewhere around 11. Yeah, we had Dr. Antonio DiDio on um, the program last week. This is very much independent of the whole medical system now of the NRL and independent of the independent doctors even. And his uh, opinion and, and expertise is that 11 days is the absolute minimum for adults. And when we asked him about teenagers, uh, boys and girls, for concussion, we are talking three weeks mandatory stand down, would be advised by um, the, the medical experts. So, yep. mm. you know... <laughs> If we're serious, surely we're listing the medical experts here, if we're serious. Exactly, exactly. And look, I think it's inevitable that it will happen. It's just going to be um, how quickly the NRO introduce it and how many days uh, or how many weeks those players will miss. And, you know, 11 could be two games. It could be one game, depending on your draw as well. Mm. That's right, Absolutely. MC. Well, even a seven-day um, set, like in the case of the Knights, they play Sunday, turn around Friday night. Like, you know, it's yeah. five days. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it ain't yeah. happening for them this week uh, with their players. Michael, um, where do you stand, mate, on the uh, ticket price, what we've been talking about this morning? By the way, our great plan, our Michigan, uh, Michigan uh, bottle scam, ain't going to happen. South fans, no, you'll get charged 90 bucks in a Roosters Bay as well. So they're, they're charging Roosters fans in their bays. We've now checked, done the, the research they're getting charged $90 as well, an 80% hike to your own fans um, as well. So it's not just South fans targeted. Where do you stand on that, Michael? An 80% increase for the seats week to week? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's excessive. And, um, you know, we want people to get to yeah, And it's not, you know, you know this, this game's going to pack out, but it's it's drawing people in. So will last it? week's game will, will it pack out at, at $90 well, a ticket? Close, will but, it? Mm. What I feel like with this price, you know, you want to drag people in. So when they play the Warriors, they get 30,000 people there. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you, you drag them in for other games by keeping these games cheap and, and getting them in. I know this is a marquee event. So I, I can understand um, a little bit of an increase, but it's ridiculous. Did you know about the, the Tier 1 club games? I didn't, games? no. Hmm. No, no, no. Particularly for big stadiums like that, I'm quite surprised. Yeah. Well done, Michael. We will follow all stories as they break on the Telegraph website during the day. You have a great Tuesday. You too, fellas. Thank you. Well, carry on. You're listening to the best breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Dragons forward Blake Laurie joined us on the show after the Dragons getting a victory in the first game of their season on Sunday night. We learned how he was taking on more responsibility this year and what he has in common with Brandy. We're talking now about a try-scoring machine. It is time to turn the focus to tries in rugby league. You know, not many people can say they have doubled their try tally in the opening weeks of this year's premiership, but our next guest has. 
Blake Laurie, who has something in common with my co-host Greg Alexander. Let's welcome the Dragons prop on board. Blake Laurie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 103 Pleasure. NRL games. Now, now, Blake, I'll let you play the quiz. What do you think from your career you have in common with Greg Alexander, one of the great halfbacks of yesteryear? Oh, Jesus, a tough one. I wouldn't... Uh... Well, I could well, not tell you. I'm trying to rack my uh, brain. I'm probably going to say something silly, but um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Block it, block. We've, had, we've had some suggestions from our listeners, um, and they've said uh, physique, which you know we, we sort of. You got, I think you got forty on me, forty kegs. Uh, Roosterman says Blake and Brendan <laughs> both stole petrol from petrol stations. Mm, no, probably no, not. Yeah, right, Blake. not or no, no, or Brandy and Blake both made their debuts against the Bulldogs. No, no incorrect. Either. Yeah, no, so, so Blake, who did you score in that career try tally of two? Which, of course, as I say, you doubled. You're 100 percent up on on where you were in your career just from one game this year. It's incredible stats by the numbers. You scored your first try against who last year? Game 91. The Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Brandy, who did you score your first try against in your career in 1984 against? Well, you informed me this morning, Andrew, that it was the Bulldogs. 39 years apart. Well, yeah, go. 39 years apart. You two blokes scored your first <laughs> career try. Now, Brandy went on to score 180 try. You know, that was the opening of the floodgates. I'd like Must to say... Nice, yeah, I, well, Blake, it has turned around. Mathematically, let's stay with the math. You have scored two tries in your last 12. So things have turned around. Do you now... you now putting yourselves in position to get across the line? Like, do you think this year two, three tries is not beyond you? Well, I hope so. Well, hopefully the floodgates is open now. But like I think I said it uh, on the weekend in a post-match interview that I put it down to Andrew McCullough's not been here anymore. So um, I'm, I'm getting some decent balls off the hookers and uh, got a decent ball off 30 <laughs> on the weekend to put me over. But Matthew used to give me uh, hospital balls or up around my down my ankles, up around above my head. So I put it down to that. <laughs> because good you, you good pay. You, you did you like you travelled 15 metres for that try. Can we stretch it no, out a little bit more? We can drag it out every, every 15 metres now. It'll be 25 next week and maybe 40 the week after. Yeah. Mm. Well, what it was, what it was what it capped off what was a great win. Like, there was a lot this Blake, there was a lot of bad press around the Dragons and the, the pre-season challenge form. The charity shield wasn't great. And you had to wait until the last game of round two to get your season underway. And when you were down 12-2, I, I, I think all those people that thought, oh, the Dragons are in for a long year were, were yeah. going, oh, how do they get themselves back into this game? But uh, five tries, um, that, that, was a, that was a terrific win and good way to start your year. Yeah, most definitely. It was a very uh, crucial win for us to start the year the way we did. Um, obviously, it's still disappointed we let in um, 18 points and all their tries weren't really up to our standards. Like, we didn't... Uh, I have to make them work it all for their tries. They got like a couple of barge overs. I was involved in that tap, um, penalty tap try in the second half, which is quite soft. And on my behalf, as I'll go back and work on it. But like you said before, we were slammed in the media over the last couple of months. And you, as a player, you try not to buy into it, but it's still it's still there. You, you still listen. You still um, know it was there. And obviously, uh, our preseason challenge form wasn't up to standard. Obviously, the uh, charity shield game wasn't up to our standard at all as well. So. Yeah, we had to wait three weeks. Um, we have to watch 15 games of footy before we got the chance to go out and show our fans and our club and each other that what um, they were not in, they were going to be in for a good year. And it was a good step in the right direction. Obviously, down 12-2, um, we felt it didn't sort of reflect how we felt. We felt like we were comfortable making meters. Um, we'll, our back five was making meters, and defensively, we felt as if like we were getting good line speed and 
uh, hold them into their end pretty well. But we just gave away too many yardage penalties, and that's going to happen. It was our first game of the year after three weeks off, so um, we did. And we showed a lot of resilience to bounce back. I thought our our bench was outstanding. Obviously, um, they come on and change the game for us, and then um, we finished the game off strong as well. Uh, obviously, yeah. running in 30, 30 points unanswered was um, pretty special. Like by by no means, the, the Titans are an, an easy beat. We feel as if they were they're playing some good footy and they're they're a good tackle footy. They got some strike weapons across the whole um, across the whole field. And like we said before, um, we felt pretty comfortable after that win. Yeah, I um, thought, that we I thought, went out I there and showed well. our fans that we. Yeah, we did. I, yeah, was, I thought you I started agree. well. You put on, you put a good set together. Um, Matt Fiennes, Nelly scored in the corner. Um, but the thing, one of the things that I noticed, Michaeli Ravalawa. Now, I, I don't know if there's a better man to be bringing the ball out of trouble. He looked, he looked bigger than he did last year. Last year he was big. This year, like, he looks bigger than you, bloke. Like he, he, he looks like the biggest player yeah. on the field. Enormous. He's an absolute tank. He, he, when he takes his shirt off, he's got like a turtle shell as a. As a six pack, it's, it's, a, it's a bit. Um, I'm a bit jealous of him. I'm telling you, he's an absolute tank machine. Obviously, you got like uh, Matt Fino has got great feet, and obviously Mo Sully's great back of field as well with um, Lomax. So we've got a strong back five to get us out of trouble. And then, yeah, um, well, that's one of our strengths. And there's, there's no no um, secret behind that. It's one of our strengths. And obviously, we've got a a bigger task this week against the Broncos up at um, Suncorp. They've started the year on fire, and they've beat two top four teams from last year. So we're looking. We're all our focus is ahead. Um, for them, we've got to replicate what we've done on the weekend, if yeah. not a bit better yeah. um, for this week's match against the Broncos, for sure. Blake Laurie, our special guest from the Dragons. People enjoying the interview. Uh, here's some feedback, live feedback for you, Blake. This is from Robbie. says, uh, Alex Johnson is uh, practising his grip strength to hold on to his top try scorer trophy. Come on, Blake. Alex Johnston's <laughs> under threat after the weekend. There you go. You've, you've, you've scored the try. He only got one last week. You got one. Um, there we go. Yeah. Can I say, people listening to this, and, and I think they're saying he, he sounds like a, a leader. Um, I remember when James Graham was at the club, and I think it's, I'm right in saying, Blake, he challenged you to be better because you were playing, what, 25, 30 minutes, no more. But you look and sound like a leader now. You've taken on that responsibility at the Dragons? Yeah, definitely. I remember when, I've learned a lot of James Graham. Um, I think he was very influential for my career. Uh, just little habits around training and, and whatnot, just little things, and because I'm not, I'm not the most powerful, most uh, fastest, or fittest um, front row there is, and had to learn a lot of little things about how to how to better my game and better better myself for the team. And definitely, I have taken on a lot of responsibility for this year um, going forward. Obviously, got a couple of young players coming through that are exciting and whatnot. But I want to play finals. Everyone wants to play finals, and um, Hawks challenged me to take a bit more responsibility on the teams. Um, training and uh, team's efforts on, on game day and the team's forward passing more in particular around because I'm obviously a forward so um, it's taken each chance and take a bit more responsibility on for the team's results which is I think going to benefit uh, benefit me going forward um, obviously uh, our goal is to uh, play finals this year and I feel as if we're going to be we've got a strong enough squad to do that but we obviously know there's a lot of hard work ahead of us um, we haven't played finals since 2018 so we've got to get our club back to where it deserves now, block it. Uh, it. The wind caused plenty of reaction yesterday on our text line. We had uh, we had someone text in um, claiming to be the uh, Kayama butcher, and he said Anthony Griffin was in his shop early Monday morning to buy ten kilos of sausages. He said there must have been a barbecue on somewhere. <laughs> no barbecue anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're <We've got> <laughs> from those things. 
No, you've all gone vegetarian. <laughs> all gone vegetarian. Um, look, that Blake, we do appreciate you coming on uh, today, just just for the Dragon faithful, because it is one game. You know, let's let's face it, it's it's one game. But straight away when that's over, it must feel better. You know, going to training, as you said, there's all this press, and you can say don't read the papers, but it's hard to ignore. You must have trained like trained with a real spring in your step. Um, you know, heading off to training today and the rest, you, you've got to feel good about yourself. No, we do, but we know it's only one game. Um, we said a by round one, and one performance doesn't mean anything. It's a long season. Um, I mean, the, that performance on the weekend will mean absolutely nothing if you don't go out there on the weekend and go up the Bronco, go up the Brisbane, and, and put in a good, another good, good strong performance. Um, I think that's very crucial for us, and that's all we're looking forward to. Is uh, as we spoke about in the sheds after the game on the weekend, said, "Look, it means nothing if we don't go up to Brisbane this week and put another strong performance." Mm. So we've got to build momentum. And we've got to build confidence within each other. And I think good, strong performances will do that and give confidence to our fans and and, yeah. and, and everyone else involved in the club. Exactly. The contrast is the Tigers. The Tigers fans are, are, are eating their own at the moment. You know, that, that's what happens um, with early season pressure when you lose. Just one last one, Blake. You are a former Dapto Canary. Is that correct? Correct, I am. Dapto Canary. So, what were the try-scoring feats with the Dapto Canaries early days? Did, did were there some prolific times? Like, were you a try-scorer back in the day? And what position did you play with the Dapto Canaries? Oh, I was definitely in front row, and there was a lot of try-scoring because <laughs> I was obviously I was a bigger kid. You see, there's a photo um, of me maybe under eights, and I'm at the front of the line, and I'm a head a head pull on everyone. So, you expect my try-scoring uh, try-scoring seasons were a lot higher than what they are now back then. Right. <laughs> so that was a uh, and I, Prolific yeah, junior. So, and then, obviously, yeah. it took me 91 games to score my first try in the NRL. And it started getting to the stage. I'm, I just want to score one try before I retire. That's what it got to. But now I've scored... Um, <laughs> I've got... Uh, uh, I'm now off you're on a roll. Year, which is, uh, it's, I, know, I wouldn't say I'm on a roll. I mean, it's got to 100, <laughs> 100, 304 games. But mm. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Don't worry. I'm happy. Block Good the, stuff. Blake, the, the easiest way to score a try is back up. Just, you just, just keep up. running with Benny Hunt and the boys. Yeah, just back up. Yeah, but it's a bit hard when it's safe. Slaney makes a break. I can't catch him. He's going to slow down and everyone else is going to catch him. I'm not that fast. Uh, well, continue try scoring, mate. Yeah, well done. And you handled yourself beautifully on the on air, as you always do. You've been a star with Fletch and Heine. I think one day, um, I think Fox Leak might be knocking on your door. I think Blake Laurie might have his own segment show. The world's your oyster, Blake. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's buddy. Uh, Fletch and Heine, sit up merchants, I'll tell you that. I was in the Fletch. Was, I mean, I was in the Heine in his week and he didn't know what to say back to, actually. So I'll be waiting, I'll waiting for his, his uh, return that, serve. Observe. That's good the to hear. In his court, let's just say that. I'm waiting for him. Good on you, Blake. Well, well done. Thanks, thanks, thanks mate. Thanks for joining us. Saturday night, Dragons v Broncos. Blake Laurie, I know we've gone over time, but he was well worth talking to. Didn't he handle himself well? Blake Laurie, try scoring machine. You're listening to the best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Lee Hadji Pentella spoke with us for his regular Tuesday Sport and the Law segment. And we asked him about the Tigers' start to the season. Plus, we had an interesting chat around concussions in the NRL. Sport and the Law on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. For Bryden's lawyers, let our team of professionals help with your legal matter. Morning, Lee. Uh, good morning, Greg. Good morning, Andrew. Happy to be with you again. Good, good, good to have you on. Um, let's let's talk Tigers first. Uh, I, I think even if you weren't a Tigers fan, and I know I felt it watching the game, and I would say my the emotion that I felt most was frustration. 
Uh, I agree, uh, 100%. Um, I was there, of course, on Sunday. Uh, I can't push back on the criticism that's been levelled against the team for its performance on Sunday. It was very unexpected and uh, very disappointing. It's it's just simple errors that are costing us these games, the first two rounds. Um, both games were there to be won. Um, you know, I can't question the effort of the boys, perhaps too much effort, they're pushing too hard. Uh, but those fundamental errors at critical times are hurting us. I saw Andrew's comments yesterday about the frustration of watching the game at Leichhardt. Uh, uh, I can't take issue with those comments either. So we share and we feel the pain, let me assure you. We, um, uh, we're we very much aware of the, the frustration, the disappointment, disappointment on the part of our uh, supporters and our members. But having said all that, I, I spoke to Tim at length last night and it is only round two, and it's just a matter of uh, combinations gelling. It's a relatively new team. It's a completely new coaching staff, and they've only got two two games under their belt. So let's just give it a little bit more time. Well, I can only um, – and, and I've been around rugby league, but I'm not the, the, the former player like Brandy, not the expert like Brandy, but I've been, I have been to Tigers training. I've seen the team train, and I, I, I watched the Tigers train way back in 05, and I see skill sessions, and I see all of that. That just hasn't happened the first two games, and incredibly frustrating. And yeah, and, and, and Lee, I'm glad you respect my comments yesterday. It was, it was a frustratingly disappointing performance. And you're right, Brandy and I have said off here this morning. The Tigers could be two and zero. Now, any sort of attack, you win both games. You're sitting top of the table, and that's a big if, of course. It, it hasn't happened, but the attack was the disappointing element. But at trading, they're putting it. You know, it's happening. So I don't know whether. A, a switch will be flicked at some point, but it has been incredibly disappointing, Lee. Obviously, in the firing line, but you remain open for discussion. You haven't. You're not hiding. You, you, you'll come out, and the Tigers are a football club that will not hide from the public. No, there's there's nothing to hide from. I mean, it's, it's there to be seen. Um, it's 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 obvious and it's transparent. I mean, the performances were substandard both both weekends. The games were there to be won. If we had held on to that, that ball a little longer. Uh, critical errors, as I say, at fundamental times throughout the throughout both matches cost us both games. And you're right, a little, a little bit more in attack, and we would have won uh, both games. But um, the, the boys will learn from that. And as I say, and I have absolute faith in our coaching department, particularly Tim, that he will direct their attention to where they failed uh, and what ne- what work needs to be done. Uh, concussion uh, has been on the forefront of most discussions when you talk about league over the last few years. Lee. Um, one of our one of our listeners he, um, text in last week and said, uh, "What what about we just get the players to sign a waiver before they start?" So they're letting everyone know they're going to sign and say, "I know what I'm in for when I play this game." How watertight art would a waiver like that be? A oh, very interesting concept. Of course, when you play sport, you are taken to assume the risk of injury that is inherent in that sport, and of course, there's going to be collisions because it's a collision sport. But you are not taken to assume the risk of injury arising from unlawful conduct. So, for example, there may be collisions that arise uh, during the course of the game that result in concussion. That's part of the game. But there may be concussion arising from unlawful conduct, for example, a head-eye tackle, and you're not taken to assume that risk. However, you can sign a waiver, and many businesses get people to do to sign a waiver, which is giving up a legal right to sue. But the question is, how watertight is that waiver? Now, there's the Australian Consumer Law, which imposes certain warranties into every agreement, which cannot be removed except through a waiver. But the Consumer and Competition Act of 2010 provides that a waiver can exclude a number of warranties, except if the injury 
is caused by reckless conduct. So you may be able to sign a waiver to remove ordinary negligence, but not reckless conduct. So a waiver in the instance of a rugby league game would have uh, very little, if any, uh, relevance whatsoever. So uh, as I say, there, there is enough, there's adequate cover under the common law as it exists at the moment for the assumption of risk of injury that comes with the game. But as I say, you do not assume the risk that comes with unlawful conduct. All right, I'm making notes as I go there right now. Um, I wonder, does that, you know, like the sport of boxing, people are thrown in boxing into it. Like, and you know, imagine if you had an independent doctor every time they head off to the HIA. I know that's an extreme example, but I've always been of the belief, if you want to box, well, that's your choice. Uh, is there going to be, are there, are there class action? Surely there could never be a class action in boxing. Surely not. There couldn't be. You know, boxing, the no, sport is to punch the other bloke in the head. Agreed. That, that is exactly the inherent risk of the injury arising from the, from the sport itself, being punched in the head. Very different out of rugby league, where uh, the head is, for all intents and purposes, off limits. And so that's the distinction between the two sports. But you're right there, you would have grave difficulty in establishing any, any cause of action arising out of an injury from a boxing bout. But more uh, concussions now in rugby league are from accidents. They're not from high tackles, illegal play. I don't have numbers in front of me, but I just know what I'm seeing. Their head clashes, their defenders being knocked out. That you know, that is part of the game. It's not it's not deliberate. You know what I'm saying? Lee? It's part of the fabric of the game that you know your body's on the line every play, every play. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, the, that's the distinction that we're drawing, Andrew. That is, um, yes. if it arises out of the lawful conduct of the game, then there can yeah. be no complaint. It's only if yeah, they cross the line right. that an issue arises. Exactly, and and it, it crosses the line, Lee, if the those that are looking after the players don't look after them properly, which is why you know everything that we're talking about is about the welfare of the player, uh, to make sure that, yes, someone's got a concussion, but yeah. are they being looked after properly? But it, years down the track, let's say, Caelan Pong, and I hope, you know, I'm just putting him there, you know, how many times have his concussions been a legal act? Like, it, it'd be a like if a class action happens, and AFL have it going at the moment, Lee. It's you know, it's about to kick off. But if Lee had it, you'd, would you have to break down every single concussion a player suffered? Because that would be the case. Saying, but hang on a sec, you suffered eight concussions, which is part of you doing your job, not yeah, but, a legal but the play. Problem, what? How would you yeah, prove no. that your now medical problems are an issue resulting to no, a no, particular the, concussion? The problem would be, and, and Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, the problem would be if a player suffered a concussion and was then put back on the field with mm-hmm. that concussion. That's, that's where the problem lies. Not necessarily that someone has, in an illegal act, concussed someone. It's, it's how the players are looked after after the, after the concussion. Is that not right, Lee? Uh, look, these are all evidentiary matters. The, those who bring the suit, the class action... Uh, yeah. bear the onus of proof. They need to prove these things. And if someone is concussed and then returns to the field too early and there is further injury or damage occasioned, then this would be a question of the medical evidence produced to support that. I mean, we can all make the assumption, but none of us are medically qualified. So if the medical evidence from a, an appropriately qualified specialist such as a neurologist or a neurosurgeon is that it's obvious that when he first came off, the player had suffered this degree of impairment, but then being put back on too early created this additional degree of impairment, then you would be able to sue for the additional degree of impairment because of the breach of the duty of care owed in taking care of that player. 
they are all evidentiary matters, extraordinarily difficult. But uh, just on Andrew's point, that's right. If a player is suffered, has suffered sorry, an injury eight occasions during the course of their career, they would need to establish breach of duty of care on each occasion. There's no, there's no blanket duty of care that covers the entire career. Yeah, well, it's a minefield. Uh, now, the NRL's 20-team <laughs> expansion yes. plans. As a chairman, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, speaking for myself, and I don't, I don't, I think I speak for the board because uh, we spoke about it on Sunday at the at the game. But we are, I think, the supporters in principle of an expansion of the NRL. I think 18 teams has a particular attraction to it. Um, I read with interest all of the remarks concerning the uh, political uh, implications of having a team in far north Queensland and references to China. When would you have ever thought? that the uh, political influences of China and the South Pacific would determine the 18th franchise. It's just remarkable. Um, I think 18, as I say, is a particular attraction to it. I'm not a big fan of the bye weekend, so 18 teams would remove yeah. the bye. Uh, yeah. 20, 20 is a large number. Uh, I think it would pose logistical problems in terms of scheduling, how many times you could play the other team. And 20 probably leads itself to an argument for a, a conferences, two conferences. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm sold on the conference idea as yet. Me either. All right. Me either, Lee. I'm with you. Great stuff that. this morning, Lee. Uh, plenty for our listeners to uh, take in there and react to. It's been a very busy morning. Good luck to the Tigers this weekend, Lee. It is only two rounds in. Uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a great day. Sport and the Law on Breakfast with Bossy and Brandy. For Bryden's lawyers, let our team of professionals help with your legal matter.